0: Last week on Lore Seekers.
1: And I know that I said it the last time that we talked about this, I do not think dragons are going away, ever. Now, of course, they'll always live in Elsewhere. I don't you know, think you from, can. From here on out, Yeah, you know, you'll never get rid of them. But what I'm saying is, I think they are going to leak out of Elsewhere. Yeah. And end up in other places. Look, here's they what I'm saying.
0: Now, Here's what I'm saying. They get something that only they can have, like whether it's a certain color of it, a certain color of a pet, a certain color, not a pet, that's not enough, a mount, maybe some kind of style of a home, something. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, we get stuff first every single time. Right.
2: Greetings, travelers. Welcome to the Law Seekers podcast. Grab a an nail and join our two adventurers as they share their
0: tales of misadventure in the land of Tamriel. Here they are at their usual table. Jibs and cash. Oh, I just, I just need to stretch every time, you know, because it just, it feels like
1: the right thing to do, you know. Everybody stretches before they drink.
0: No, it's just like oh my god.
1: Oh it's like something you gotta get out of your system. Oh, oh sounds like you need a what gun can I get you boys? <laughs> Massage you.
0: I would love a dumb murder to massage me. I'm sorry, uh, I'll take a uh, red water skooma, please. Sweetheart.
1: Oh, wow. That was I didn't top. I feel like I'm I just need a crazy brand. I didn't mean wine, to wine, please. Oh, my gosh. Yes, you did mean to make it. I didn't mean to make I didn't. Ugh, yep. Crap, she walked away. Let's, let's argue in front of the bartender again. That was fun. <sighs> that was fun. Yeah. Oh. It makes it look even more like we're in here together when we're in here just to talk. But now it yeah. looks like we're in here together. Yeah. Because we argue.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, it's just what we do. We like to
1: argue. What have you been up to? I like to puke. Um, oh, lots of things lots of adventure Go on. I, I think I think when we finished the last show, I think we ended it with I'm ready for an adventure. And that's where I ended up this week. Yeah.
0: Well, you know. We we definitely do that on a weekly basis.
1: We game. Uh, I I'm very happy to report. Yeah. That I have figured out my Sorcerer this week and brought him back through uh, Veteran Maelstrom a couple times. Oh. Yeah. Still no Lightning Staff, but it's okay. It's going to suck me right back into its Devilish Vortex again. Devilish Vortex? But yeah. So, anyway, I did. I figured out my sork, and um, I was actually stuck with him. I could not get through since the last patch. I was just having a hell of a time. I was going through a ton of shards to try and... Or a ton of uh, stones to try and res, and I was just getting irritated with it. So I stopped (laughs) it. Anyway, um, here's the trick. Pet Zork. Yeah. um, Necropotence. Okay. And Ice Hearts for my two-piece. And Plague Doctor. Ooh, doing the yes. dirty Yes, yeah. Yeah, Plague you are. Doctor yeah. It gave me the uh, the health and a little bit more love that I needed And I was able to um, use, uh, once again, the all-cast one-bar sorcerer build And bingo, bango, blamo yeah. Got through mails from a couple times on him Well, this week. So.
0: just congratulations to you
1: Oh, well, thank you. I'm it saying sounds I was, like there was because some, I
0: wasn't doing what you were doing.
1: <laughs> it sounded like there was some disdain in your voice. <laughs> You're such a douchebag.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, no, I was not able to do that this week. Uh, it, for for those, everyone listening, we literally just recorded our last show less than, I don't know, four days ago. Like, it, it, We're doing a short recording week because of the way just the schedules fell together this week. And I spent, uh, so I, I went on a family trip. I was gone. I went to Indy. And just kind of a getaway, you know, a little thing. Went to uh, went to the zoo. Had some fun there. And... Uh,
1: Did they try and reclaim you and throw you back in the cage with all the other crazy wild animals?
0: You know those monkeys with the little red butts that run around? Yeah, the bat,
1: those yeah. are called baboons. Yeah, they thought I was one of those. Yeah, well, that's because you have dirty butt. A little butt that looks rainbow-colored.
0: Yeah. You know, the wrinkles and everything they got? Yeah. Oh, gosh, that's gross. Oh. I'm sorry. You and cannot scratch come back your, from that.
1: Oh, And they, they scratch your little butthole you and sniff come, it.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Is that what you were doing? <laughs> they are like, ah, one of them's escaped. <laughs> Excuse me. There he is. There Let he is, Let me tell everybody. you the we story of
0: what happened when we took my wife's kindergarten class to the zoo one time with those baboons in regards to cleansing. We'll talk about that. Uh, everybody. So, are you, are, I'm waiting for it.
1: Everybody, everybody pay attention. One of the baboons is loose. He's the one scratching (laughs) his butt and sniffing his finger. Everybody move to the east side of the park. We're going to shoot him with a tranquilizer dart in the neck. Oh, that's hilarious. (laughs) Well, that's what you do. You
0: did good. Uh, So anyway, uh, I've been... um, a whole lot of family time. It's been fun and binging movies, just enjoying. Uh, I watched the new Mission Impossible Fallout that came out like two years ago. Man, that's a good movie.
1: Oh, Really? Yeah, it's good. Mm. Mm. Thanks for breaking my Tamrielic lore.
0: Oh, well, you're welcome. Oh, okay. I regret nothing. So my Ma'am, point I'll is... Ma'am, I'll just have
2: a Coors Light.
0: <laughs> with some of those peanuts, please, that could spit yes. out on the ground. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, let's jump into it. So, everyone, welcome. This is the Lore Seekers podcast where we talk the Elder Scrolls online.
1: We are your hosts.
0: I am Jibs, and I'm joined by my brother from California, Cash.
1: We're going to have to ease up on each other we like when we went right for each other's throats as soon as the show started
0: i mean you know i'd have it no other way because the best you know you like, the only way up is i mean the only way to go is up right <laughs> the only way to go
1: up is to go straight down to the bottom <laughs> so that's where we'll go
0: <laughs> oh my gosh that's hilarious so uh anyway well friends if you missed last week's show Uh, Well, you should go back and listen to it Because we talked ESO in Seattle Answered your fan mail Talked uh, dungeon lore as well And we did a lore lesson on Cash
1: The Templar
0: Yeah, the Templar
1: You know, uh, we should call you California Cash You really shouldn't do that I really shouldn't Unless you want to incite violence Incite
0: violence? Like you're going to punch me in the face? Or are you going to go for the nuts? No, I just you're You're a nuts guy
1: no, I just don't. I don't think it's it's uh, any secret that even though I live here, I mean, my job oh. and my family and everything's here, no. but I don't like California, like at all. Yeah, yeah. So well, that'd be super if you would stop calling me California. All right, so you're a nuts guy. Cool. All right, so this week on the show, we've. <laughs> you ca- well, why don't you just call me Cavatch Cash? I'd Kvatch? like that better. Cavatch. Yeah, oh. more my style.
0: That's hilarious. When we go to Murder. E3 next year. You can get your shirt on the back to put Kavach.
1: There you go.
0: That'd work. Uh, anyway, this week on the show, we're talking Imperial City celebration. We got console drops coming, and we're doing a lore lesson on the history of the Imperial City. But, but, it gets better because Mr. ESO Dungeon Lead Mike Finnegan will join us at the tavern later. So you can look forward to that. Are you ready? Always, always. Mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, we got a couple things going on here. So, in a quote from at TSO online on Twitter. They said, "Quote: Just announced at our ESO community event, Twitch drops for console players will be available in Q4 of this year. More details coming soon. Stay tuned. There it is." There it is. It's happening. There it is. Console love. There it is. I love it. Did
1: we not just talk about that last uh, week? Last week.
0: I you know just I love it. I hope this is a start because uh, you know I, and I'm not bagging at all on the company. Let me let me preface this. We love Zoss, and we love the developers. We've forged relationships with many of them and they're great great people. We just want to see console love. Wait, that, yeah, that, that, that's plain and simple. That's all it is. And, you know, I love the fact that console is now going to be able to get drops. I love it.
1: And yeah. I think it just goes to show that um, the community wants it. We've been thinking about it, so we definitely wanted it. And with all that stuff in place, Zoss was already thinking about it. Yeah. Like way even before we mentioned it on the show, because it takes time for them to get those things moving and for that to happen, which was yeah. pretty cool.
0: Yeah, agreed. I, I'm, I'm, ex- I'm just, I'm excited for them. I mean, even though I tell you what, man, there's just sometimes when I go to console, like I'll go to uh, on Xbox and I boot up ESO. There's just, I am okay. I am a PC ESO person, but there's just some kind of feeling that you only get from the console version of this that reminds me of the single-player RPGs. And I can't put my finger on it. It's just it's just you get this vibe. Like, I'm back kind of thing. And that's what I think will probably forever be infinitely special to me about console ESO. I'm never going to play it full-time, but I just love the idea that that's a thing.
1: Now it and it needed to be a thing. Uh, there are so many players on console, and I think that the uh, the love that has showed up there and is going to be showing up there. Hopefully, this is the start of it. This kind of kicks it off, and uh, the console folks get a lot of love because there's tons of players there. Apparently, Just to um, yeah. to uh, uh, answer a quick question too, and and to clear something up Twitch drops. What are we even talking about when we say Twitch drops? Twitch Drops is a way for ZOS, ZeniMax Online Studios, to reward you for watching streamers stream their game. So a lot of streamers have Twitch Drops enabled on their Twitch stream. Which means that if you link your Twitch account and your Elder Scrolls Online account, and you watch a stream in its entirety to the end, at the end... Your account will be flagged to get an Ouroboros crate, which gives you in-game stuff. You'll get potions, you'll get uh, experience scrolls, and things like that. And you have the opportunity for much, much better exclusive things like pets and mounts and such. That's what Twitch Drops are all about. And until now, Twitch Drops were only available for players on PC, but that is going to be changing. I
0: thought it uh, you only had to watch like 10 minutes was the minimum. Like, yeah, is it, maybe that's Every 10 minutes? Would... I don't know I how I that works. I thought it was all
1: the way through. I don't know. I'm not sure either. I thought it was all the way through, but that very well might be it. And I'm sure our chat's going to correct us here pretty quick. I
0: quickly. mean, I know our Twitch channel is enabled for drops. I just don't know how that works.
1: Maybe we should look into <laughs> <laughs> We are enabled for drops. So now yeah. I, every time we stream... And if drops are enabled by Zoss, every time we stream, you will get your Ouroboros crate drops.
0: There you go. Yeah. Shameless plug. Twitch.tv slash Podcast. I'm not ashamed. Okay. Not above that. Nope. Not above that. Uh, And and by the way, news is short this week because we spend most of our time with Mike later. And uh, you'll see why. It's a freaking fantastic interview. Uh, Get the Imperial City DLC free and earn bonus rewards during the celebration event this coming to us from ESO official and BT dubs whenever I say that I mean their official website Uh, quote take the fight to the heart of the empire during the imperial city celebration event and you can acquire the DLC game pack free from the in game crown store while earning bonus rewards this begins right on release day so there's that Wait, no. No, it's not true. It begins on Thursday. Yeah, so if you're listening right now... I wrote it wrong. I meant to say right now. If you're listening right now on release day, it's absolutely available. <laughs> this is going on. Uh, this runs until Monday, September 16th at 10 a.m. EST. You can uh, To take part, you must first own the Imperial City DLC game pack or have access to it via ESL Plus Membership. And when the celebration event begins... The Imperial City DLC Game Pack... Will be completely free! From now on... In the foreseeable future... You can acquire the Imperial City DLC Game Pack... For zero crowns... From the DLC section of the Crown Store... And this includes... Access to the Imperial City Zone and Story... Including cities, city districts... Or sewers, I'm sorry... City districts... And both the White Gold Tower... And Imperial City Prison Dungeons... So in addition to this to this Zoss is also putting the Imperial City Collector's Bundle on sale in the Endgame Crown Store for 3k Cash what's that include
1: you're gonna get the Mind Shriven Horse Mount which is actually pretty awesome the Mind Shriven Skin which is also awesome Mm -hmm. the Daydrak Pet Daydrat Pet which like they uh, really enjoy chewing on wires and they've done that to our stream several times And you're going to get five little devils. You're going to get five crown experience scrolls in addition to the DLC game pack itself. Mm. Now, during the Imperial City celebration event, you are going to enjoy several bonus rewards that give you the following. And this is the kicker for probably everybody in our chat and most of our listeners. This is the reason this event is going to be so kick ass. Double the amount of Telvar stones dropped from all monsters. Telvar stones are very, very popular down there in the sewers. Also, I'm just going to say this real quick. Imperial City Celebration event. Get your butts down into the Imperial City sewers and experience Cyrodiil a little bit if you haven't done it before. Get yourself into a group. Jump in there because it is a blast. You're also going to get double the chance of picking up the I, either the stone fire scamp or the soul striven skin mm-hmm. down there, and that's from killing the lord or from killing uh the shade of Molag ball down there. You're going to get double the amount of key fragments, double the amount of materials dropped by the trove scram- scamps down there, double Telvar stones from sacks obtained from from cunning scamps. The words are hard tonight. And double the amount of of drops from bosses, including within the Imperial City itself and its dungeons, which will include the White Gold Tower, the um, Imperial City Prison, and then the sewers if you're doing the PvP stuff. Uh, Then you're going to get event tickets. Now, if you haven't quite gotten your uh, dark-colored Indrik yet... That is the latest one that is out. You can earn new event tickets by completing the following activities. Yeah. Defeat the final boss of either Imperial City Prison, that's the dungeon, or the White Gold Tower dungeon. hmm Or slay a patrolling monster in the Imperial City streets or mini-boss within the Imperial City sewers. That's going to be in Cyrodiil and PvP. In addition to the Indric berries and feathers used to morph your Indric... The Impresario will also trade the following items for event tickets. A selection of Imperial and Daedric themed furnishings, the Stonefire Scamp Pet, and the Soul Shriven Skin. So you can also, in in addition to the increased chance of drops in those areas, you can also get the Stonefire Scamp Pet and the Soul Shriven Skin by using your tickets which is kind of cool you got yeah. additional ways to get those in case people are absolutely terrified of pvp
0: you know i have never really been um you know when i think of pvp for ESO, for me my personal favorite is battlegrounds i think that's yours too uh right that is, that is yours i just want to make it clear yeah you're yeah clear. okay all right uh For me, it's something I've always wanted to get more into, but never have. And I really need to take advantage of this. One, is Cyrodiil. Two, Imperial City. Like, I just just don't hang out there. That's not my first go-to when I think of PvP for me.
1: And I wish it was for me, too. Yeah. I honestly do. Because I love battlegrounds in PvP. I have a really good time doing battlegrounds. But to get in a group within our guild with a bunch of people and run through Cyrodiil is a lot of fun, and I, I kind of wish we did it more. Mm. hmm hmm You know, like a yeah. lot more. It'd be yeah. awesome.
0: Well, let's make a point. You and I, let's do a stream. When we are just going to Imperial City Sewers, whether we are failing awfully
1: or it's good for highlights... <laughs> we got what well, we got I'm sure we're going to do we usually do a Friday night fights event with lore seekers on PC and mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. sure we're probably going to be doing that for this particular event and getting down into the imperial city Sewer. so why don't we do a stream for that
0: I like it give him oh. an out for a can review yeah
1: I like it okay all right and that's and pretty that, much
0: it and that's it that's, that's it
1: for the event and that's it for the news now to weather <laughs> it's really hot! <laughs> In Gabrielle.
0: Oh, that's when I wish I had lines from Ron Burgundy memorized.
1: Oh. Yeah. Why don't you step out of the way while I do this lore lesson spell? Here we All go. Alright, fine,
0: I'm get out of the way, you don't have to get angry about it.
1: In the spirit of the Imperial City event. Tonight on Lore Lesson 72, we are going to talk about the history of the Imperial City. This is a really cool one. Because the time that I've spent in White Gold Tower on Vet in the last week... As irritating as it was... It was really fun to kind of see that stuff. And when you first walk up to the White Gold Tower and you kind of look up... And you see the... the, Oblivion Gate above it and you just know that Molag Ballbag is trying to yank the entire world into his realm. Why's he gotta be a douche? I mean... Because he's a Daedra.
0: Why's he gotta be that guy?
1: Because he's a Daedra. That's what they do. Remember the Daedra wanted nothing to do with the creation of Mundus. Which is why they gave nothing towards it where the Adra gave of themselves to create Mundus and the races and all the things that came to, and the world that we play in. The Daedra want nothing else to do with it other than to create chaos and screw with mortals.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: I just like to point out, you and I both have the exact same mug. Glass. This Jack Daniel's mug?
1: Glass? I have that glass, yeah. Awesome. You must shop at Walmart, too.
0: I sure do,
1: particularly during the holidays. <laughs> Christmas
0: bundles, hot damn.
1: I'm about as redneck as it gets for California.
0: Uh, yeah, that's offensive. Screw you.
1: Let's get back on task, <laughs> <laughs> So with the recent announcement by ZeniMax that the Imperial City is going to be free in September of this year, that's the content, we thought it would be incredibly appropriate to revisit one of the most iconic cities in all of Tamriel. So this week, we are going to dive into the history of the Imperial City, its rise, its glory, and its inevitable fall. It, did
0: you want like, me like, to respond there? Like, no, my, dramatic no
1: somebody literally is calling my house right now, and I wanted to make sure it wasn't getting in the recording. But now that you called attention to it, hi, everybody! Somebody's calling my house right now.
0: <laughs> is that the, the JCPenney Christmas Catalog people?
1: No, it's probably somebody trying to sell me construction on my home that I'll never do, based on a phone call.
0: I can do some construction if you'd like for it to fall apart. Say when.
1: I would rather take one of the telemarketers' offers for construction than yours. (laughs) Anyway, let's continue. (laughs) Okay. So, nestled on an island at the top of Lake Rumar in the Nibinay Valley of Cyrodiil, the Imperial City sits very majestically with more significant history than most locales in Tamriel. Roads lead into the capital city from all directions. The city has a harbor in which goods and services arrive and depart by way of Lake Rumar and the Nibbunay River. Now, we've already talked about the founder and the person who showed up first in a lore lesson, and that was Topol the Pilot that is a really cool lore lesson that we did probably 10 ago or so so good i'll look it up about the first explorer of tamriel and and his name was tobel the pilot now he is the one who really discovered the mouth of this river into the place in cyrodiil this island in cyrodiil where imperial city now sits so now, in its current state, the Imperial City is adorned with several districts, including its Market District, Arena District, the Arboretum, the Temple District, the Talos Plaza District, the Nobles District, and the Elven Gardens District. Let's talk a little bit first about the Imperial City Prison. So this is located in the Prison District of the city. Of course, the Imperial City Prison was infamously difficult to penetrate. That's what she said. Uh The prison itself was intertwined with several secret passages connecting the ancient underground and the prison sewers beneath. So when Molag Bal opened the gates of Oblivion directly over the Imperial City in the second era year 582, that's just a couple years before the timeline of Elder Scrolls Online, the underground prison system was very quickly overrun with Daedra. Many of the worm cult members and remnants of the Imperial Legion turned traitorous and gave their allegiance to Molag Ball. I was thinking probably because they were terrified of Molag Ball and his wrath.
0: Have you seen that face? He's a raper. I mean, that, mm, well, he is. Literally. And all he's seriousness. He's the father of he vampires.
1: Is. He's gross. And I don't know if you get dark, th- but he's that, gross.
0: That, that is not a face. That's That's a face for radio.
1: Yeah, like you and I. Oh my gosh, yeah, we have I something mean, in common with Moldy. Oh Cole.
0: my gosh, we're, we're friends with Old Ballbag now. Fantastic.
1: <laughs> so, command of the prison was given to a Daedric Twilight by the name of Dusk. Now, Dusk had delusions of grandeur, and he named himself the Lord Warden and retreated deep into the prison's tunnel system with his council of Zivkin. They dispatched watchers to keep an eye out for infiltrations in the prison many of the mortal captives and prisoners of the complex became the subjects of inhumane experiments which reduced them to mind shriven necromantic constructs. Now that brings us our first fun fact, because you're like, what? Like, where does that come out? Well, as a member of the Undaunted, my friends, you and your fellow adventurers, you and three more, preferably... Two DPS, a tank, and a healer. <laughs> Can be tasked with freeing the Imperial City Prison from its Daedric clutches when you accept the challenge of Lyrinth the Fool Killer, in a quest entitled Summary Execution, which is found in the Imperial City Prison dungeon. Which chat is really says, fun.
0: Chat says Molag ball, ball bag looks like an Iron Maiden
1: cover. He, yeah, he does look, well, yeah. He could look a little like Eddie.
0: Yeah, I can see that.
1: Less horns, but yeah. Yeah, you know. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the Arcane University. I, I found this quite interesting, and I think, Jibs, you will find this particularly cool. The Arcane University is also found within the Imperial City. Now, the university itself replaced the Crystal Tower of Somerset as the center for the study of magic. When it was founded in the second era, which is very close to the timeline of ESO. This particular complex was once an ancient alien district, but was rebuilt to suit the purposes of modern times in Tamriel. The university is now the headquarters of the newly formed Mages Guild. Now this is during the timeline of ESO. The Arcane University is where the Council of Mages meets and serves as Tamriel's most renowned research center for all things magic. Mages, scholars, apprentices all make their home within its walls. Little fun fact. That's awesome. This is the part I really liked. Okay. Little fun fact. Guarding the walls of the Arcane University are members of the Shadow Legion which is a division of the Imperial Legion consisting of its battle mages. Members of the Shadow Legion were once trained in the Battle Spire, which was an academy specifically for battle mages and located in a small sliver between the planes of Oblivion and Mundus. Uh-huh. Mm. That's cool. So, back to talking about the university. At the very heart of the university is the mages, the Archmage's Tower. That contains the Council Chamber, the Archmage's personal quarters, a ground floor accessible to the public. Each chamber of the tower is accessible by the use of magical teleportation pads located throughout the property. Sound familiar, Mr. PvP? Mm-hmm. The Imperial Orrery which is a Dwemer contraption used to chart the heavens, was also accessible from this tower. So the university was a learning place and a workshop for all things magic, including various associated crafts like enchanting, alchemy, and spellcraft. Practice rooms surrounded the uh, areas and the halls where students can perfect their craft, a very large library called the Mystic Archives housed a massive collection of tomes, lore books, and spells. The university grounds were once adorned with a garden of alchemical ingredients and an outdoor lecture area. The grounds also, again, were under watch of the Imperial Battle Mages from their own large watchtower located in the Courtyard. But something happens in the second era year five seventy eight that changes the landscape. The soul burst occurs. So have you, you as you have experienced in your Elder Scrolls online main questline, Emperor Varen Aquilarios disappears and the mages guild would lose control of the Arcane University to the worm cult and Manamarco under the assumed name of the Fellowship of Anchorites. Slick. Sly. But they snuck in. Later on, Molag Bal would invade the Imperial City and take the ultimate control, opening the gates of Oblivion for his Daedra to occupy and plunder the city. And in that, with that invasion, comes our next fun fact. In the days and weeks after the Daedra successfully infiltrated and took control of the Imperial City, a cell of Dragon Guard agents succeeded in securing some of the university's most treasured artifacts by smuggling them from the tunnels deep underground. Oh, this is so cool. I know. Like, where is this in my game? Yeah. Okay, this is the part I think you're really going to like, Jibs. A circle of champions. This entity was formed during the second era to rally the most skilled combatants in all of Tamriel to arena-like competitions throughout the land. My friends, this is the lore behind Battlegrounds in Elder Scrolls Online. Oh my gosh. Uh Uh-huh. A circle of champions would rally fighters... Across the land, who would be rewarded for taking part in these deadly games that took place in very dangerous locales? The arenas would pit teams of fighters against each other, and the, the fighters would be put on one of three different teams: the fighter, the fire drakes, the pit demons, or the storm lords. Now, the arcane university eventually was abandoned by most of the occupying Daedra and was found by the Circle of Champions and utilized as a battleground to test the metal of these very elite fighters the Circle of Champions was led by a Dunmer by the name of Battlemaster Riven he's the guy that gives you your quests he was established or he established shovel camps outside the city walls of glad uh, they were called the gladiators quarters now these camps are still currently located in the city of Alenor Daggerfall, Davin's Watch, Rimen, Vivek City, and Volkalgard. So it wasn't until sometime after the plane meld that the massive Daedric invasion of all of Tamriel in the year, uh, the second era, year 582, that the Mages Guild would regain control of the university. Access to the university became very highly restricted because of all the infiltration. In the third era, access to the Arcane University as an initiate would only be allowed if you had a recommendation from all of the guild halls of Cyrodiil. You had to prove your mettle. Talk a little bit about the underground network. Hang on a minute. Yeah, what?
0: That is so freaking cool. Can I just point out where he's had a side lore lesson on battlegrounds? You did. Like, hello, that's cool. It's in your game. You get yeah. to see the
1: lore. Oh. So if you're ever curious about why you were put onto one of those three teams, just know that those three teams are results of the Circle of Champions. Which is basically like an above-ground arena business. Where they go out, find and pick the best Sometimes the worst when we play. Put you on a team and there you go. Now you're in an arena for all the glory. That's what you do.
0: Just a little taste of the glory.
1: A little taste of the... Everybody likes a little stretchy pants. Sometimes they a punch the in the face. The chant my name, my stretchy pants. These are the large jeeps. Pray the Lord. <laughs> okay, derail. <laughs> Dang it. Okay. Oof. So the underground of the Imperial City, it is quite extensive. The tunnel system beneath the Imperial City was a haven for those who flat out just didn't want to be discovered. The tunnels lead from the constructed parts of the sewers and basements to adjacent ancient alien ruins and natural caverns found in the surrounding wilderness of Cyrodiil. So as dwellers of the dark... Bandits, goblins, vampires, and other unsavory types thrive in the underground system of the Imperial City. Fun fact Many secret passages were utilized over the years, such as one called the Old Way. This was an underground tunnel used by the Blades to secretly move about the Imperial City.
0: So cool. I
1: know. I love so it. So cool. <laughs> So over the next several centuries, the Imperial City would continue to be used as a hub of conflict. We talked about this one uh, on a few lore lessons back, but the imperial, or the Emperor Uriel Septim VII was assassinated by the Mythic Dawn, a cult of Merun's Dagon worshippers, in a passage beneath the prison district. In the Fourth Era, Titus Mead would overtake the city with a mere 1,000 soldiers ...and crown himself Emperor. The Imperial City would later be sacked by invading Aldmeri Dominion forces... ...in the Fourth Era, year 174. This was at the height of the Great War against the Empire. Now, Thalmor soldiers would burn the city, loot the White Gold Tower... ...and ravage many of the city's innocent inhabitants... So remember the Thalmor, which was the militant branch of the Aldmeri Dominion, and the Altmer was threatened by the Imperial City because the Imperial City was so prominent and showed mortal influence and in how mortals could thrive, and the Aldmer didn't. The Altmer didn't like that. So when you look at it in a global perspective. Imperial City is a very majestic city plagued by an incredibly evil history. So next time you run around, you're running for your life in a battleground, take the time to look at the Arcane University. Like when the game is over and you've won, you've taken first place, stay in there and just walk around. Look at the Arcane University battleground. That's what we're talking about. That's the grounds. Gather your party and venture forth into the White Gold Tower and liberate it from its Daedric invaders. It's an incredibly cool dungeon. And then dive deep into the Imperial City, into the prison, and prove your worth against the Lord Warden. Can I just say, like, holy crap, that's good. It's You know what the thing is, bro? You play the game, and you go through the... ...through this this content. And you don't realize the context behind the content. The one thing in putting all these together... ...that I have noticed... ...is that with every bit of lore... ...that transcends Elder Scrolls as a whole... ...not just Elder Scrolls Online... ...but the stuff you actually see in Elder Scrolls Online... ...there's a history to every single thing they do. They don't just willy-nilly put something in there. I mean, take for example the battleground lore. It lore is everywhere. You just have to like look at it and realize where you're at and maybe sometimes go to a wiki and look up the history of that locale and there's lore behind it. You know, there's a story behind all this stuff. Agreed. So,
0: that was really really good. Thanks,
1: buddy. Man, it's a battle fun mages one to put together.
0: Yeah. I I can tell. It was awesome. Like I you know, at the end of the day, I'm not a huge fan of Imperials, but the Battle Mages, oh, those guys are yeah. so freaking cool. Yeah. guys and gals, they're so freaking cool. But good job, man. Good job. Well, for everyone listening, if you want to read this in Word format, you can visit loresecretspodcast.com, and uh, it'll be right there. Text format for you. You can uh, save them to your to your phone, whatever you need to do, if you want to get caught up. And I mentioned Tobel the Pilot. That's there. That's Lore Lesson number 54. So, there you go. Friends, it's time we say hello to good old Mike Finnegan. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. It's Jibs here from the Lore Seekers podcast. Nice one to pop in here, real quick, and tell you about Audible. That's right. Should be no stranger to you if you listen to the show for any amount of time. But uh hey, if we want to give you some free stuff. Here's how you do it you go to audibletrial.com forward slash lore seekers. You sign up for the free 30-day free trial, and you get one free audiobook and two Audible originals. 100% free, no strings attached. You can keep your service going with Audible if you'd like, and get more books uh, every month that you get to choose from, or B, you cancel it, and you still get to keep your stuff 100% for free. I've done it, and I can tell you, it's easy, and it's awesome. Thanks so much for the support. We appreciate you. Stay awesome, everyone. All right, well, everybody, we're back, and uh, we are hanging out here with ESO dungeon lead Mike Finnegan. You'll know him. Indeed. Pretty him. well with uh, the whole uh, mastermind of making you throw your keyboards. Mm. What, or break them. Or break them. Either or. Does that make you nah, smile whenever you hear people cry? Or
2: <laughs> You know... <laughs> Innocent key, many innocent keyboards have died in the process of making dungeons, and I really, yeah. I don't. Uh, whole fields of keyboards have been wiped out, and I really don't don't like it. So, uh, think of the,
1: keyboards, is
2: what think I'm of the keyboards. Think of the keyboards. Think of the <laughs> keyboards.
1: Think of the graveyard of keyboards that are out there just because right? of things like VMA,
2: just, uh, just like random keys like tab, yeah. Just, fields of tab keys just popped off
1: all over the rooms so i actually have a really quick little tidbit about that on my on my laptop that i that i used to play vma a lot the s key is worn out
2: you should see mine my i'm literally on my laptop right now and i just looked down my s key is completely blank like it is totally it's totally uh, it's totally worn out
1: You know what? You know why it made me laugh when I saw it? I was like, damn it, this is like a a relatively new laptop and my S key's worn out. Well, if you look at the way the WASD keys are spaced out, that means I'm backing my ass up a lot.
2: That's exactly right. That's exactly. You were were (laughs) advancing to the rear, and you were advancing to the rear. (laughs) Correct.
0: (laughs) Oh, well, Finn, we appreciate you stopping by, man. It's really, really cool. Um, So you've been working on. ESO for roughly seven and a half years ish, something. Yes, yeah, like, seven ish years ish, yeah, somewhere, somewhere around, around that seven, ballpark. Seven so yep. you know, you've seen ESO go from what it was seven years ago to now, and yes. you know, things have probably yes, have. things have probably changed for you throughout your oh, time there. Yeah. have they? Have they changed? <laughs> 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 so, what does for people who don't know what you do, or You know behind the scenes look what does a normal day at zenimax look like for mike finnegan
2: so um it really very much depends on what my team what pro what uh part of the process we're in because there's a process for for doing dungeons and and um the content that we do so you know in in early preparation stages and stuff like that when we're we're doing stuff it's usually a lot of brainstorming meetings where we sit down with the team we talk about the story we kind of hash out um, stuff and then they go and they will um, you know start designing stuff and then it's me reviewing documentation and and taking a look and, and reviewing kind of like the idea for fights and stuff like that but also for me I'm also as much as my team is working ahead of what you guys would see uh, I am even working ahead further than them because I have to get like – we have these things called zone design documents, which are, are like overviews of what a zone is going to be. Right. So I have to have those prepped before the team can even look at it because they have to get started in, in the individual design docs when, when they get – so, yeah, it's a lot of looking way ahead. Um, there's a ton of meetings. Um Part of the nature of my job is, is my team is really integral with the, the combat team. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of times where um, the balance adjustments and stuff like that that they're going to do, they will want to want to sit down and get other disciplines like the dungeon team and stuff like that involved so that we can you know review that from, from that angle. Um right. So yeah, it's it's, yeah. just a lot. I sit down with Crown Store to go over kind of like the offerings that are going to be available for that. Uh, I get sit down with the art teams to go over cosmetics that we're going to reward. So it's a whole lot of different meetings, and it really depends on where we are in the process. Because as we get later in development, it's more play tests with the team right you know, where they'll they'll say oh this boss is kind of ready to test let's do this okay oh i put this new thing in here like the block mechanic for moon game fame i put this in can we test this yeah yeah, yeah. let's go ahead and let's jump in there and do that and we sit down as a team and kind of test all that stuff so right.
0: sounds like a lot yeah, of talking
2: really, it's, it's a whole lot of talking <laughs> that's for
1: sure wait, so well, wait a minute though it's, you don't just go to work and sit down at your desk and play eso all day
2: you know, I actually have heard that, though. People are like, oh, I wish I could play the games all day. And I'm like, me and me and you both, I really <laughs> do wish we could play games all day. Uh, but it's really weird because it is kind of playing the game. Like, I'll sit down, and when we play tests, I'm like, yeah, I'm playing the game. But it's not, like, in any way – the enjoyable aspect of like i'm going to sit down and achieve this no it's literally hammering on it to say okay what's what doesn't feel right here what's broken here was it you know it's just a different mindset of how we're looking at it rather than sitting down to play a game to have fun with it i'm looking down to pick it apart and find out the not fun parts and stuff like that so that we can adjust it
1: right sometimes there's a lot of not fun parts in those dungeons
2: I'm there's sometimes sometimes there's especially initially when we have when we do initial stuff we'll go through and we'll they'll put something in and and we'll we'll play it and we'll be like yeah we probably <laughs> probably that's not that one's not that fun you yeah know i mean <laughs> so it's just iteration kind of, this kind of stuff uh, so and then sometimes we're like that was really difficult let's keep it in
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, this made me throw my keyboard. Yeah, let's keep going. Yeah, exactly we, actually, exactly.
1: we actually did a run through of um, Vet Lair Marsalock the other night, and we made we made a pact to not look at any mechanics until we at least tried every boss a few times. And it looked like a full-blown abortion. <laughs> we had a great time... <laughs> We got to the point to where we went. Okay, is it time to look up mechanics yet? Yes, it is. Okay, <laughs> we ended up getting through. Man, was that hard.
2: Uh, it can be. Yeah, yeah. That one can definitely be. Uh... Actually, both the new dungeons are, are pretty hard. There. Um, I don't think they're. Uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Wolf Hunter hard. Uh, that one was that uh, that uh, DLC pack was was really hard. But uh, yeah. they're they're easily as hard as. Uh, scale caller and uh, Fang Lair.
0: What uh so I don't want to jump I don't want to jump too far ahead cuz I know we're going to ask be asked no, later fine. but so you know you talk about the block mechanic, you talk about difficult dungeons. There's a lot. There's a lot of dungeons in ESO. I mean Those are real hard. yeah. I'm good, lord man. It's a stupid yeah. amount. <laughs> so, yeah. I think
2: my favorite comment about that real quick. My favorite comment about that is uh, back when Rastone was coming out, and uh, a player on the forums had recognized that at that point when we had the Pledge Masters, uh, Ergalag would have the same amount of pledges Mm -hmm. as both Galarian and Madge. Right. And they said on the forums, they they put this together, and they saw it, and they said, you guys know what that means? No more dungeons. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. And I was like, Oh no, that's not what that means
0: at all. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, there will be dungeons. But I
2: thought it was funny because I was like, "That's one way to go." It could be that we were going to handle it, and we did. We actually have the new uh, pledge key kind right. of system in. But yeah, yeah that was uh, that was a funny. No more dungeons. I was like, "Oh no, I still have a job.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going anywhere." So rip- the whole just, yeah, the pledge key thing, just real quick. Um, we had a one of our. Last night I was in Discord playing, and uh, one of our own members. We were kind of talking him through the whole thing with the new pledge keys and everything, and he was getting his first monster set. Nice. And he said it took him one box, and he got what he wanted. And I was just like,
2: yes. <laughs> that's that's works. the goal. That's the goal is is oh. to reduce that uh, that craziness kind of of the, right. the randomness that would have. You know, the, the people spend. I spent a thousand keys and I didn't get what I wanted. and You're like, yeah, I really, I'm really feel bad about that. Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I knew I'd get that out of you one time I, I don't feel. Bad how long about was that, that system?
0: All. How long has that system <laughs> been in development? The whole undaunted key update thing. Since
2: since before Rastone, Um but as 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 typical with anything, it, it takes time. You know what I mean? We right. had, we need engineering time. We need UI time. We need all that other stuff. But we did recognize it before Rastone. We said this is going to be an increasingly diminishing. Um, experience for players because if we were to just keep adding pledges and keep adding masks uh to or i mean shoulders to the to uh box Mm -hmm. that would be every time we do a dlc update you have a less chance of getting the actual item that you would want stuff so we we recognized the last year um before rastone that we recognized that hey we're gonna need to to address this and that was when we Mm -hmm. uh, our systems team actually put together the the idea behind you know the key system and stuff like that so
0: yeah absolutely so uh, there's and we've said it already there's an obnoxious amount which is awesome to have this much content there are a lot of dungeons yeah Yeah. and this much choice just to pick what dungeon you want to do Mm -hmm. that being said let's start square one so take us through the process of creating a dungeon in ESO what does that look like So uh,
2: typically what we do is we start from the story that we want to tell. We sit down – usually I'll sit down with the team, my content designer, fiction writer, and and oftentimes my my boss, Jeremy – and we'll sit down and we'll say, okay, well, what's the story we want to tell? And if you look at the Rathstone and and Scalebreaker dungeons, those directly related to the overall story for the year. So right. that was a little bit different than what we normally did. So I engaged more people, the content leads that were going to be for the chapter and um, and for the um, for the quarter four. Um, DLC. So for Jason for Dragonhold, and uh, I said, "All right, how is how are these dungeons going to fit in your story? And what's the story we want to tell here?" Um, and then from that point, once we get the kind of the story we want to tell, um, then it's a lot of brainstorming with my uh, content designer and boss designers to say, "Okay, what what makes sense for the story for monsters to be here?" Um, and then uh, most of the the magic is is very much to the team. Um, I like to say that they have some of the best designers in uh, in the company because they will take it and they will take ideas and they'll run with it and they'll, they'll, you know, they'll pitch it and they'll put it in front of me. And, and a lot of times I look and I'm like, can we do this? Are you sure we could do this? The, the block mechanic <laughs> is a good example of like, right. I was like, are you sure you could do this? And they're like, well, give me some time to prototype. I'm like, let's do it. Let's run with it. You know what I mean? And they'll prototype and they'll work. And I'm like, that works. You know what I mean? And, right. and like, so we've got, yeah, it's, 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 it's really on on them and uh, they're, they're fantastic designers and, and they'll put all of this stuff together when we have the, um, once we get the story down, and and they'll 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 get the ideas for the bosses, and then we we kind of fill in the the rest of that as as we're going about.
0: So like on a, just going off what you said there, what would be like the average time ballpark time it takes you to from square one all the way till it's finished, it's out. How long does it take to get a done one single dungeon finished?
2: Uh, we've got it about three months. Three months That is about, about our time that it takes for us to do a dungeon. Wow. Uh, yeah. So, and if you play. think about it, I have one team, and we do four dungeons in a year and a trial.
0: That's a lot. That yeah. Math
2: doesn't work. That math doesn't work, does that, it? Uh, no, but it's all, all right. Work. We get what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> but we still do it. <laughs> right. 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 Right.
1: Yeah, you do. And you yeah. Know, so it, it
2: takes about it takes about three months. Uh, it's it's not <laughs> really any more. Um, Development time on a trial—it's more testing time, mm-hmm. um, and it's just a different mindset when you start talking about trials. What you have to do, you know, what I mean, you're thinking about bigger spaces and right. more people engaged and stuff like that. So, yeah. um, it's not really any more development time. It's just you're thinking about things in a different way,
1: right? And you know what? I, what I think is kind of neat is when you when you think about it, it's almost like a dungeon master building a rule set and a foundation for Dungeons and Dragons.
2: It's funny because digitally I have uh, we have a a group of friends locally uh, some of my friends that we play Dungeons and Dragons, and I am the DM for that. So oh yeah, gosh. that's, uh, that's it, yeah. It does play so it does dead. play it directly into that. Oh, so uh, not a lot that
1: of on anybody. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah.
2: have to make a new character every week. It's crazy. It's, you know, oh. well, you died.
1: <laughs> mm.
2: You you didn't hit the block. I didn't know I had yep. to. Well, you should have learned. So yep. You got good. <laughs>
1: you, didn't, you gotta get good. <laughs> they're
2: paranoid about everything. They see a goblin, they're like, I'm not falling for it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well played, sir. Oh, nice. So, if you if you had to actually, if you look through all the dungeons that you've designed or have you know been able to to play through this point from point A all the way to Z, where everything is done in place, it's in the game, it's rocking and rolling. Which dungeon would you say is your very favorite to do, and why? Yeah. <sighs> I get that
2: question a lot, and it's like picking a favorite kid. Mm. Which every parent, every parent has a favorite kid, but say it. You can't really you can't say it, right? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so uh, I mean, it, it, it really depends on you know uh, what I'm doing. Like the visuals in Vault of Madness are fantastic. I love. Uh, of Man, especially going through with, with players that don't just blow through all the mechanics and stuff like that. When you come in and you see the glass burst, and I, I love the look of that dungeon. If I want a long crawling experience, Imperial City Prison is really, really great. Um... The newer ones, Frostfall, uh, the rat, the the maze at the end, and the laser boss—it's uh, just phenomenal. You know what I mean? Uh, so, so yeah, I know the laser boss. Your favorite one, Cash? I can see it on uh, your face. Uh, you love it so much. Uh, <laughs> you know, Scale Caller was was great because it was kind of this new era of you know of veteran. Or, or hard mode being the really really hard mode and and get more a little bit more accessible as you go through it and stuff like that. Plus you're dealing with dragon priests and stuff you haven't seen really in our game before. So, right. or at least not in dungeons. So, yeah, like I said, it really depends on you know. Uh, this is why every night will uh, me and my wife will just will just random. I'm like oh let's see what we get let's see what we get you know and then you know we'll, get, we'll hit a dungeon. Especially I like the ones when we get to ones which she's never seen before because I'm like oh this is gonna be great you're gonna love this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've never seen Fang Lair before. Let's go. <laughs> oh, <my> Do <God. laughs>
1: yeah. you just, like, stand up in your chair and just go, I, I made that.
2: <laughs> Actually, that usually I me. cower as she throws stuff at me is usually how that works. <laughs>
1: oh man i could totally see that happening and by the way kudos to you for getting your wife to play eso with you because that would be an act of god for yeah, me yeah yeah
2: it's it's a it's a lot of fun and actually it, it and i don't mean to toot my heart and this is going to sound like it but she actually really does enjoy running dungeons that's what she wants to do of course uh I mean, me and her started in online games together. So that's, that's, awesome. that's how we met and then how we got together. So yeah, it's, she's no wow. stranger to online games. She was just a stranger kind of to, um, for various reasons to getting into ESO and stuff. So yeah, I've, I've kind of like slowly pulled her into that and, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been great.
1: That's awesome. So seeing the, the evolution of ESO for several years now and kind of being able to watch it's, it's growth and now it's thriving. Like clearly it's thriving. Yes, it is. When you look back onto the previous dun- the original dungeon content, and then you see areas now, like do you like what what sense do you get? Do you think things could be done differently? Do you just look at it as a sense of evolution and pride? Or like what are your thoughts when you look at where ESO started with, with your particular dungeons that you've designed and then to now to where we're at now?
2: So the unique aspect of that is, is when I started, um, at that point, the game had gone through a transition, and we decided to redo all the dungeons. So I've actually had a hand in literally every single dungeon uh, from the from the start um, to now. Um, so uh, I, I, I al- we always see things, and it doesn't matter if we released a dungeon, you know, yesterday – uh, or you know, uh, two years ago or whatever. I always see things, and we always see things as a team that we say, "Oh, you know, I wish we could, uh, wish we could, we, we can we can improve that." You know what I mean? Right. Uh, it, it, without getting into specifics, but we could say, "Oh, you know what? That could have been done a little bit better." Or mm, sure. the tank probably wasn't engaged as much as he probably should have been here, or something like that. So we always kind of approach it from that. But if I look at it now in the health of the game, I think that the early dungeons serve as a good starting point and jumping off point, um, for players. Um, it's like a natural progression when you start with fungal grotto. Yeah. That's an, that's an easy dungeon, but it also kind of gets you used to in the groove and you can kind of run through here and stuff like that. The only, the, the only thing I would take a look at that I would say that, um, might be something that we would want to look at to improve is be, you know, just just up, uptick the difficulty just a little bit to get people used to getting hit. You know, it's, a, it's like a boxer. You know, if you're not getting used to punching in the face then you're like, ah, oh, and when you do get punched in the face you're like, oh, what's, what's that? So, <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: Throws your game plan off. We just, off want, we just want to
2: lightly punch people in the face so that they're used to it when they get hit a little bit harder. So right,
1: yeah, right yeah. And that's actually a really good point because and you mentioned something a little bit earlier too that, that I kind of smiled at because we pride ourselves a little bit at at in our guild and in our community of going through the mechanics instead of, you know, sometimes we go through with a super solid group right. and we know we can blast right through mm-hmm. some stuff. Some of the earlier dungeons, to get a pledge out of the way or whatever, we'll just do that. Absolutely. For the, for the most part, we, especially with Trials, we take the time to do all the mechanics and appreciate the things that you guys have set mm-hmm. forth for us. And, hey, sometimes, you know, even with a good solid group in something that you've run a bunch of times, a couple people miss a step and you wipe the group. Yeah, exactly. And that's a really nice reminder of all the little skill checks that are in there mm-hmm. and level checks that are in there. So right. it made me happy when you said that.
2: Uh, Rob Garrett is our uh, lead Cable designer, and he's fond of using the term where he says uh, 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 learning mastery, and that's um, really what we're striving for here is you can gain skill and you can gain stuff, but then as you learn to master it, yes, there's going to be slight slip-ups, but you – you gain mastery over it, so the dungeons become easier and everything becomes easier. The first time you step in the fungal grotto, if you're level 12 or something, that might be a, a tough thing. But as you progress and as you get, you gain mastery over, it and it becomes a lot easier. And that's kind of what we're striving for: is we want to give you that mastery curve. We want to give you that. The more I do this, the better it's going to be. Maelstrom Arena is probably the best example of that exactly. because you start off with that, yeah. and you're 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 dying in that first arena, and you're like, I don't know how the heck am I do it? And then eventually you get through, and then eventually when you get that. first first kill and the next time you go through it it's way easier and you're like oh this this doesn't quite seem as tough and that's that's the mastery curve that we we, we're striving for really
1: right right and um i attribute it to this because the first time i went through it took me it took me three days to get through my first run of maelstrom now i'm down to about uh, maybe a, a little less than two hours and now i'm anticipating where things are going to go right and i just throw an aoe here and go the yep. other direction and then that thing never hits me because it was dead you know right 10 seconds ago so i totally get what you're saying i still haven't gotten my friggin' lightning staff but i know exactly what you're saying <laughs> it'll what? come
2: it'll come yeah
1: and, and it will and i'm actually having fun aside from the one or two uh, you know, full-grown adult man uh, tantrums that I had in private. Which Is it Arena
2: Five it? or Seven? Which one? Because those are the two that usually get people.
1: Uh, it, was it what
2: Arena Five or Seven? Ice or or poison plants?
1: Uh, the ice. When I I couldn't yeah. get through. I I had taken my sork through a bunch of times, mm-hmm. and then I had a day where I just could not get past the freaking ice boss, the, the very yeah. last ice boss. It was driving me nuts, and I'm like. I'm only halfway through this freaking interview. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think, think, uh, yeah,
2: Rich had some choice quotes when he used to run that, and I used to jump into his
1: dream. That that was also fun. That was awesome. I uh, I love it in there. It's great.
0: Absolutely. Maelstrom has all these mechanics that just love to smack you right in the face. And
2: uh, they will catch you slipping.
0: Yeah, they will for sure. And <laughs> Scalebreaker, you know, you, you talked about the boxes. You know, you introduced these new mechanics and, you know, moving boxes and whatnot. And mm. so, is that going forward kind of like the mentality that you have as far as any new dungeon? You know, you want to be pushing the envelope as far as adding new mechanics, something like that with, you know, like physical things or like going forward, like what's the mentality? <laughs>
2: Um, I wouldn't say that it's a, it's a hard set rule that we would say, oh, we have to add a new mechanic where, what it is, is we take a look at, like I said earlier, when we talk about the story and stuff, we're taking a look at the story and we're taking a look at what we're trying to, what we're trying to get people to learn in here and, and what we're trying, you know, the, the, the story we want them to be a part of and we want them and stuff. And if it makes sense, then it will absolutely use a new mechanic in there or will develop some type of new mechanic right um for the, that was very much uh where the block came from. the block came from temple, and they would have blocked everything off and hit everything off and stuff so how are they going to you know how are we going to traverse this space and then you know I went to my designers and they were like, oh you know what you know that'd be cool if we had this block thing and pressure plates and stuff like that so right. yeah it, it's it's very much uh, uh more fluid than that we don't really have a hard set we're like we definitely have to get a new mechanic in here gotcha. um but as designers, we kind of like that, you yeah, know what I mean? We sure. were very much intrigued, like, well, can we make this work? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So you'll, you'll probably see uh, some new and interesting mechanics in the future. Oh, crap.
0: <laughs> 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 uh, right on. All right, cool. So, like, and, you know, we you can talk about Fungal Grotto all the way up to, you know, just a quick side note, what would you say is the most difficult dungeon? Just off the cuff
2: the most difficult dungeon?
0: Yeah. If you were to run something I mean, on the normal, mm. what's the di- most difficult? I know I'm putting you on the spot. It's not even something we we're going to ask, but what would you say is the most difficult? No, um
2: I mean Moonhunter Keep is really tough. Thank you. Um there's a lot of moon hunter Keep is, is is that one's one of those ones that came out really tough. And that's one yeah. when, when we talked about earlier about a mastery a curve is that one throws a lot of blocks in your mastery curve. You know what I mean? Like uh, that final boss when you step into that final boss, it's really tough to gain mastery over that fight. Um, a lot of times, mastery will, will equate to oh, if I just do more DPS, and that fight does not lend to that at all right So uh yeah, that one that one as far as even in normal and difficulty. Uh, or normal and veteran difficulty, Moon Hunters is, is up there. Used to be, I mean, Wyckle Tower, the Planar Inhibitor, used to cause a lot of problems on veteran. Yeah, um, I think we toned that one down quite a bit. Right? Um, oh, don't say that. As we far got as...
1: through it the other day.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean we, we we you got the nerf version. You weren't OG. <laughs> Anyways, uh, no, uh, I I would take a look at it as far as that one is the the. As far as dungeons you can randomly queue for, but um, Black Rose Prison is another one that's that's really really difficult. That one's designed. Yeah. That one's by design. That one to be extremely difficult. But that one's really difficult. Right. So. right. on. Yeah, those two I would say are probably about the the toughest we
0: have. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So at Lore Seekers we have people who come from all over the globe, and people who are experienced in MMOs, people who are just starting in MMOs. They're just you know they're just timid about the idea of being in four person content. So what advice would you give to somebody who may be hesitant about dungeon delving?
2: Yeah, that's – yeah, it's funny because I do get that question uh, quite a bit too. Uh, And uh, I I think it's a – it's almost like a a mental thing where it's intimidating. I actually talked to – this is part of like – uh, my wife playing is also gives me firsthand knowledge of new player experiences and stuff like that. Because that's what I would talk. Oh, her. I was yeah. like, well, let's do a dungeon. For a long time, she wouldn't do dungeons without me. She's like, oh, I'm not going to do them without you because, you know, I know that you can carry us through and all this other stuff. And, but now she's branched out and done that. And I think it's, it's just the. The normal dungeons uh, are—we've designed these for you. Don't have to be bleeding edge. And and honestly, as a new player, if you go into a dungeon, especially a normal dungeon, and you tell tell the people, "Hey, I've never done this before," almost always the ESO fam is going to step up, like, "Oh, okay. Well, we'll we'll show you through. We'll walk you through this." Mm -hmm. And it's and it's not a it's not a a, you know. a bad experience for players i've had that uh, tons of time where you know where we've walked into a dungeon and somebody's like oh i've never done this one before i'm be like all right cool and i'll walk them over and i'll i'll, wa- I'll wait by the quest givers and i'll jump up and down i'm like oh you want to talk to this guy oh okay you know what i mean or something yeah. like that so yeah. i i really think that the the eso fam really steps up especially if you just you're vocal about it you say hey man i've never i've never done this one before yeah. you know right. is there any special mechanics i need to know Right. Or, you know, what's this one like? Is uh, you know, is the quest awesome? Whatever. And you know, as long as you just kind of communicate, I've never done this before, and I think that's going to get you pretty far. Um, veteran, it's less so, just because
0: you have yeah, expectations yeah, the veteran, at that point. veterans veteran <laughs> have a uh,
2: bigger expectation than yeah. than that. Yeah. But right. uh, uh, definitely for normals, especially if you're just getting into dungeons, uh, absolutely speak up and say something. Yeah. Tell people. This is this is something I haven't done before, and and they'll 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 help you.
1: There you go. That's that's absolutely true because I've I've witnessed that many many times, and I think uh, you know if we if I we just run with a couple of our own people from our community, and we get into a dungeon, and somebody says, "Hey, this is the first time," we'll invite them into our Discord and talk them through it so they understand nice. it nice and uh it i think it works really really well but i think that's that it's definitely not just us CSO fam is pretty yeah. freaking amazing. yeah
2: it's pretty awesome uh, uh as a funny note about that about pugging and stuff uh i forgot what it was this last year i think that uh me and uh dominic um who's a guy uh that works with us uh, on the community team Good old Dom. and rich yeah, Dom. Yeah, we were we were all grouped together, and we didn't have a fourth, so we randomed a veteran. So yeah. we're like, all right, let's just random a veteran. I don't know what we got. We got White Gold Tower or something like that. And uh, this person gets in, and then so me, Rich, and Dom proceed to go. I think I was tanking Rich and Dom were DPS or something, and this guy was healing or something. we just blasted through this thing, and, and then at the end, the guy... Not, obviously not knowing who we were. He goes, this was the best pug I've ever been
0: in. <laughs> oh, it's the only And it was funny because we're, we're like,
2: we're talking to ourselves. We're like, if this guy only knew yeah. who <laughs> he was in here
1: with. You were just blessed by, by Stendar, son. Oh, <laughs> so awesome.
2: that goes to show if you pug, you might get to play with the creative director. Just saying. Mm, there you no. go. You don't know. He's no. out there. You don't know. You don't know. He's, he's <laughs> yeah. out there pugging. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's awesome!
1: <laughs> so, Finn, we uh, we asked our community to submit some questions, and uh, sure. we picked a couple of questions here. So, we're gonna we're gonna throw them at you. The first one is from Androx32, mm-hmm. and they ask, based on the environment and storyline, what was your most challenging dungeon to create, and how did you overcome those challenges?
2: So, the uh, with the advent of dragons um the uh, so dragons were brand new tech so this is this is the latest scalebreaker dungeon it just happens to be also was lair of Marslock was was probably one of the most difficult dungeons that that we had and it was mainly because uh there's a lot of moving parts to dragons uh it's not as simple as just putting a monster into the into the world and stuff to get him to fly to get him to perch to get him to attack and stuff like that it adds a tremendous amount of complexity um so for my team what we did um when we were actually in development for dragons uh for the elsewhere chapter one of my team uh kind of uh went over and um helped i guess the monster team uh develop dragons and stuff like that so they had kind of insider knowledge they were integral in uh, his name is jay and he was integral in and in, uh you know developing the dragons and and going through the bug fixes and and getting the gotcha moments and making sure the tech worked right and all that other stuff so that when he was able to come back to my team he was able to bring that knowledge back to my team and share it um with the rest of the team and i think that that was uh i don't necessarily know that it was planned to be quite as effective as it was but it was extremely effective in making sure that we could get Marslock in there and working right and and everything like that. So I guess that would be probably what it is. And it, if we recognize it ahead of time, we will usually try to get somebody um, from my team uh, in particular to say, oh, we're going to have a new monster, we're going to have new tech, or we're going to have new stuff. We need to get somebody from the team over there. Back when we had the Assembly General, which was all kinds of new tech, oh, one, one of my guys, Hans, <laughs> uh, was integral in getting that tech into the game. So yeah. whenever we do that, we kind of learn from from those in the past where we say you know we have new tech coming on we have new stuff so let's get somebody from my team embedded on there so that when it does go live and we plan to use it because we're almost always going to use new stuff in in dungeons uh we'll have the the kind of like institutional knowledge to to use it mm, right on but even said dragons are dragons are a big thing yeah they're there's a big thing <laughs> a lot of work quite literally. They're a lot of work
1: <laughs> yeah well the way that the Um, the lair Marsalach came out every time I go in there I just I just flip out and take tons of screenshots just because of everything you guys did the blight the way it just flows down the mountain the entire setting where you know Marsalach just drops down on the side of this you know hill in, in Valenwood and everything that comes out of that and all the way down to the blight on him himself yeah. It's just incredible the way that you guys knocked that one out of the park.
2: Yeah, that was a lot of fun and that was actually the uh, we we don't always uh, engage the Concept department. Sometimes we do. Um, sometimes we'll say, you know, like oh, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of need this concept, but we don't g- generally usually need to do that. But for dragons, because they were relatively new, and we had this whole new corruption angle to it, we really talked to them a lot um, to say let's get this right, so that when our artists build it, when our figure team builds the dragon, when our uh, you know when our world builder goes in and, and builds the stuff, when the biome team gets able to make the corruption the stuff, they have uh, a guidepost. You know what I mean? A concept piece that they can look at and they say. Oh, that's exactly what we're going to build and stuff. So, yeah, they knocked it out of the park too. In order to just give us kind of like this guidance um, to, to 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 sell what the what we wanted to sell.
0: Absolutely right on. So, um, dragons are, gosh, Don't Sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry, I sorry to go back to dragons. I just keep thinking about. I mean, everything about them, what they mean for Elder Scrolls in general, how huge they are, just to be in. ESO And what a big moment that was to see him revealed. So, Artemis Holmes wants to know, what dungeon concepts have you tried that didn't make it to the game? Like, for instance, a mechanic where everyone has to take all their armor off to survive, or puzzles that were well, too there's difficult. one of them that we
2: did. Yeah? No, I, I don't know that I have any too many specifics where we say, oh, well, we tried this specific thing. Because right. most of the time, um, that stuff is going to be weeded out. Um, in uh, like designing phase, so I'll write it down on paper, and then we 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 go through this question and answer period. Where we're like, well, what is this going to do to this, and what's this going to do this, and it gets weeded out. What it is is mainly the mechanics that you see in any dungeon, um, generally, are not the way they started. Uh, either they're too punishing or they're yeah. too weak, and we need to up them and stuff like that. Like the whole uh trauma mechanic at the end of Moongrave Fane, for instance, uh-huh. uh, which is that you know, that healing debuff and stuff on you that right. came about because we wanted to provide a challenge for healers but not do what we have been doing, which is just a healing debuff. Right. Uh, we wanted to provide a different type of challenge for this, so um. You know, we kind of we kind of took a, a mechanic that we had and adapted it to some of the new tools that we that we we could bring in place and stuff. Gotcha. So yeah, oftentimes it's it's more along the lines of, you know, uh, we we like planar inhibitor when it came out it was really tough. You should have right. seen it when we were in, like testing for it. it oh was, really? Like yeah, 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 it was insane. So like there's there's a lot of stuff that that gets like that where we go through testing and we're like there's just no way we can do this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's not going to work.
2: <laughs> right. Lose half our followers. <laughs> you know, people actually have to beat this boss, right? Like, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, I mean they can't rage quit, right? That's yeah. Not so
2: there's it. not a lot of there's not a lot of specifics as far as uh as far as uh, you know what mechanic you see, um, uh, that or you or a mechanic you just haven't seen.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, it's more along the lines of we've adapted the mechanics to better fit uh, what the players are capable of.
0: Right. Okay. Right on. And like sometimes
2: stuff just works. You yeah. Know? Like we we'll put something in and we're like, this is too tough and then people will do it and we're like,
0: alright, never mind. What was your biggest surprise? What did you think was gonna be super tough and it just happened to just like wow, they blew right through it.
2: Um you know it's funny is is if you look at Sunspire, um, I am surprised our our top end end game players never cease to surprise me with with the stuff that they can put together and chew through and, and beat through and all that other stuff because, right. you know, we'll throw, I mean, Yona on hard mode has 163 million health or something crazy like that. It's yeah. like, yeah, that, that's an insane amount of health. <laughs> and like, they just, they just, they just blow through it and chew through it and stuff like this. So we're, yeah, that's ultimately what it comes down to is, just the, um, uh, especially the high end players are, are and, and and hard modes is where we are we are kind of given the 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 freedom to really really challenge those players. Like this hard mode, this is this is going to be challenging. This is going to be tough and stuff. Right. And then yeah, sure enough, they're they're able to. And then they do stuff like wipe on trash. And I'm like, whatever, you
0: know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> One shot of this boss, but then you wipe on trash. Uh, I don't
0: get it. That's awesome. Yeah, so... Yep. So, last one from Community Good Questions. Chihuahua1 wants to know, are there other games in which you and your team draw inspiration from when designing the dungeons and their mechanics? Um,
2: As... I like to say that as a game designer, um, I don't really play games the same way that um, a lot of other um, people play games. It's mainly is that every time... Literally every game I play, and this could be sports games, yeah, uh, racing games, right? Uh, side scrollers, right. Um, You know, uh, you know, farming simulators, whatever. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't matter. Is it, when I'm playing the game, I'm always looking at the, the when I when when I go through a fight or, or go through an encounter or something, and I'm like, that was a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of times, I then immediately think, how could I get that experience right into ESO? Yeah. Into the game that we're currently making, sure you know what I mean. Yeah. And sometimes you look at it and you go, ah, "We just don't." You know, the, this was a first-person shooter, and we do we have the elements that we would need in order to get that into the game and right. and stuff like that. So it's a lot of breaking down mechanics even further than just "Oh, this thing popped over here, and I have to shoot it." And you know what I mean? It's it's thinking yeah. about these uh, other mechanics. But for the most part, yeah, I would say that every game I play influences, and every game all the designers play influences. What goes into a dungeon and how we do dungeon mechanics? Um, if you're asking what specific games uh, I like to play, um, I, I'm a big fan of. Uh, other than ESO, I'm a big fan of third-person action games. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I have a lot of fun with those. Yeah. Uh, first-person shooters, uh, Ooh, sports right. games. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's, I, I, I uh, you know, like uh, I loved uh, Wolfenstein. Uh, young blood oh uh, that yeah just recently came yeah. out. that was a lot of fun and oh, it was yeah. fun because of the co-op elements to it for it so absolutely. yeah that yeah so you know i mean there's there's a there's a lot of uh, games that i'll play that, that come mm-hmm. out and i yeah and, and i look at i try to look at every single one of them and say you know uh, how how can we adapt this into eso how can yeah. we get this experience like i had fun this was a fun encounter and how can i get that experience yeah. in ESO? or how can we do that right absolutely
1: God, I love to hear that. I love hearing other games developers like to play.
2: Oh yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, we're gamers at heart. We're gamers, just like everybody else. We're gamers at heart. We love to play. I play an uh, insane amount of games. Uh, you know, that's that's
1: my job. So right, right. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay, so that so that ends the formal portion of the program, and this is the part that we didn't tell you about.
2: Oh, this is the uh, this is the dessert.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the dessert for the listeners. This
2: is the strawberry cheesecake of uh, the Ooh. interview. <laughs> it's a good so dessert.
1: Just, so just like we did with Rich, we uh, we're gonna play a little game of rapid fire question right sure here. And you got about we'll give you ten seconds to respond and ten seconds is long. So we might be mm. patting you along. Rapid fire questions, one to two word answers, whatever
2: strikes your fancy. Let's hope. Let's hope I get this right. right.
1: There is no right or wrong, but there is funny and freaking hella funny. Okay. We'll see where you land. All right. All right. We're going to start. Is there a meter
2: that we could gauge this on? (laughs) We'll gauge it by chat. My finger. Yeah, there you go. There you go. There you go.
1: All right, so so we're going to start mild with you. What is your favorite ESO class to play? Go. Necromancer. Oh. Favorite video game of all time cannot be ESO.
2: Darksiders 2.
1: Oh, all right. Favorite movie of all time?
2: Usual suspects.
1: Beer, wine, or bourbon? Cider? Oh. All right, fine. <laughs> or bourbon. Too, yes. I mean,
2: if, if it's those three, it's bourbon, but cider otherwise. <laughs>
1: Do you put a little umbrella in it?
2: Uh yeah, and a lemon. <laughs> and uh and I do a little dance beforehand. I wear a hula skirt. Uh, perfect. uh yes. yeah. You can't drink cider without a hula skirt. Come Duh. on. It's like the we'll rules of cider. It. It's the cider house rules. I don't think that's what that movie was about.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll allow it. You're good. Alright, uh, favorite industry convention to attend was us.
2: Packs either east or west
1: very nice. Sushi or barbecue?
2: Oh, that's sushi. I'm going to go sushi. Ooh.
1: Yeah. It's tough, though. i mean really It's it like, yeah,
2: yeah, it's like one and two, right? like, Which one do you want? One or two? Right? Yeah. it's said, like, sushi or, you know... Oh, man, I like so much food. I don't know.
1: You can't are think of a bad quite food. refined.
2: All right, Super refined. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's what they say about me. refined as... <laughs>
1: And, All right. the <laughs> game feature that's caused you the most grief streak streak uh
2: the, the sor- sorcerer's sorcerer
0: sorcerer
2: sorcerer? ability uh, <laughs> y- 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 really endless exploits that we have to account for
0: because of that <laughs> ability
1: roger that oh man alright last question is todd howard an actual Adric prince
2: no comments. Oh, I do have a funny story about Todd Howard. I love it. Um, and it's great because I hope he doesn't see this. Uh, so the very first conversation I ever had with Todd Howard was this year at PAX East. Uh-huh. Okay? Mm-hmm. So before the doors open, um, they have they bring out the lunch for like the staff that are going to work and you can go get food and stuff like that. So I go get mm-hmm. food and I go sit down at this table and I'm eating my food. And then Todd Howard walks in with some people around him. And he walks, of and he's walking by the table, and he looks over at the table, and he looks, in, and he goes, "That looks good. Where'd you get that?" And I pointed to the back, and that was it. That was my entire conversation with Todd Howard. I'll remember it always.
1: <laughs> You've <laughs> got to be kidding!
2: That's it. That was the entire conversation I had with Todd Howard. It was, it was memorable. It was. Uh, it was funny. Is I'll. I probably will remember that always. But uh, you know,
0: that's awesome. <laughs>
1: God, like, see, I would think that you guys would would like have a direct line to him, but I guess he is. I, I mean, no,
2: there are people that do. You know what I mean? Like, like I just don't need to to talk to him uh, on a daily basis or anything like that. I but yeah, don't Richard,
1: need Richard, to talk Richard. to you.
2: Gotcha. Yeah, right, something like that.
1: But it's, it's funny because I'm like, it, it's Finn. Like you would imagine, he would like have the ability to talk to him whenever he wants. I don't know. I,
2: I mean I, I imagine I probably could ask to talk to him. I uh I don't know. Uh I was just that was my my the only time I've ever had, really. So.
1: Well and too, I would imagine, you know, working where you do and having the access to that kind of stuff and just being part of this whole giant production that produces this thing that we absolutely love. It's a different perspective from somebody like us who's you know, sitting in a chair playing games, you know, playing games, eating Cheetos, w- wondering about all this stuff. Like, God, I, 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 I couldn't even imagine talking to him, and blah, blah, blah. So,
2: yeah,
1: maybe like, yeah, I mean, there's, you, there's
2: you know, when you talk about like Todd Howard, um, I mean, he's in the Video Game Hall of Fame and he's this, you know, visionary. There's, it's no, it's no, Different for a lot of developers in the company. Like we have a company picnic, and he'll he'll show up. Where we we go to the same places that that Bethesda does, and he'll show up. And he gets you know we get other developers that that walk up to him like, oh man, can I get your autograph? You know what I mean? This is or can I get a picture with you and stuff like that? We're just as starstruck by by uh, by him as 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 other people are. So
1: right, that is so freaking cool. All right, so we're going to close with something kind of special.
2: Oh. Um yeah. A, interpretive dance. Go ahead. <laughs> oh
1: no you... <laughs> I gotta get my hula skirt first. <laughs> uh... So so there is a particular hashtag that has something to do with you, sir. There is, there is. Yeah, and um, uh, we wanted to call your attention to the screen right now so you could see a little something uh, that we have made in your uh, honor.
2: I don't have
0: the stream up. Oh no! Dang it, Finn,
1: oh, you have one know job.
2: I've been looking <laughs> you. I know, right? I, I
1: just have the support up. And you know what, that's actually fine. We are going, the, the chat is looking at it right now. We are going to send you one of these shirts so we can talk about sizes in the, in the, in the DMs later. But we're going to send you one of these shirts because we thought it would be... It's very appropriate for folks in Lore Seekers who have gone through the progression of starting the game, learning it, and then getting through their first veteran dungeon. So, anyway, can you tell the story of what hashtag F.U. Finn means? I'm sorry. So um,
2: I think it came about – I'm not sure which person first coined it. It was either Inklings or Rich um, that it was coming through – I think it was Maelstrom – think it was when maelstrom came out and they were running maelstrom and i think i was either in stream or or something like that and i think it was the seventh arena uh it was the one with the plants and uh plants spawned and people got poisoned and they died pre- really quick and then <laughs> it was it was it was born from that and then uh it, it kind of like it was it was it, it's beautiful because i i uh i embrace it um because uh, it, I, I like to refer to it as a term of endearment. I know when people are screaming it that yeah. it's not a term of endearment. But I still <laughs> embrace it. And what I think was awesome was um, Rich's wife um, recognized the hashtag. And she actually – I don't have it here. I wish I did. I, I would have brought it in shown it to you. But she had a wooden uh, hashtag FUFIN made, and it sits on my desk. So I look oh, at it every awesome. day, and right. I shed a single tear – and I collected in my cup of player tears and then I put it back down
1: <laughs> and I will have you know too that that our chat has recognized the fact that right behind you in in the video there are tears there
2: are tears those are deal. tears those are those are actual player tears actually that was an art project that my youngest son made and I told him to m- imagine being beaten up by a troll and how much he would cry, and that's what he, that's what he, that's the, the art that he made. Well,
0: it was a, It was great.
2: It was great. It was a good learning experience. We uh, actually have our own maelstrom arena here.
0: <laughs> no, that's no, awesome.
2: No, but uh, yes, in that's, relation. Uh, yes, that's this is this is how I decorate everything, is with just tears. Yep.
1: So <laughs> For the chat and for the listeners in relation to the hashtag FU Finn we just talked about, um, we have created, Jibs has created a shirt that says on the front, I have survived a veteran dungeon. It says Lore Seekers podcast underneath and on the back there is a hashtag FU Finn. That's awesome. That's awesome. available on our That's website. That's fantastic. You there. guys should pick that
0: up. <laughs> 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 well, Finn.
2: I, I keep trying to convince Bethesda to get a shirt that just says my horn. And then it has the warhorn symbol on it.
1: <laughs> oh man, that would be awesome!
0: I'd buy it. So. Oh, of course we'll buy we'll buy every shirt. That's for sure. But anyway, well, Mike, thanks so much, man, for coming on. We really, yeah, really no appreciate problem. it.
2: Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah. Right, it was on, a lot fantastic.
0: of fun. Well, take care. Have a good one. You too. All right, friends. Well, thank you all so much for hanging out here with us. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Lore Seekers Podcast. And, uh, you know, if you did, we always tell people, hey, look, if you like what's going on here, then uh, leave us a review. Wherever you're tuning in from, however you're listening, doesn't matter what app you're using or however you're doing it, here is the dealio. We want to hear from you. So for every iTunes review that we get, we, or I'm I'm sorry, gosh, listen to me, every five-star review that we get, give you a shout out with some love here on the show so speaking of we got a few here and this one is from the us of a with Kashmir. he says i've been a huge fan of elder scrolls since i was very young i never really paid attention to the lore of any game until a couple years ago with wow legion i got tired of wow and decided to give vso a try once again or i'm sorry a try again since i had purchased it at release since starting two weeks ago I decided to seek out a podcast, as I usually do for my MMOs. This was the absolute perfect choice of podcasts. I'm currently on the fifth episode from 2018 and have learned so much lore that I am now geeking out. I want to to thank you for the lore lessons. I am sure that there are many more to come. PS, in every game for the past five to six years, my go-to name has been Cashmere cash for short. I would love to join the guild you all have mentioned, but feel it would be awkward, like I'm trying to personate cash. No, 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 no. You come on over and join us. You come on over. Next one from USA. uh, Let's see. Slagatron says, you guys are so fun to listen to and keep me wanting to stay engaged with the game. I love questing and learning about the lore. So this podcast is certainly in my top favorites. Also, the guild is super friendly. So when I'm not listening to the podcast, I'm learning from fellow guild members. So glad to find a group who loves the lore as much as I do, and who play, who like to play the game, who like to play through the quests instead of just plowing through leveling. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And a quick shout out to everybody before we move on who's been affected by Hurricane Dorian. Your thoughts are uh, your and our thoughts and prayers. We wish you safety and we hope that everything goes well for you and we hope that um, you know you stay protected so you are in our thoughts and um, be safe be safe friends if you're interested in joining the Lore Seekers Guild you can by going to loreseekerspodcast.com forward slash guild download the discord join our discord server and you apply by typing slash apply in the apply to guild channel also if you want to find more content from Lore Seekers. Well, you will be happy to know you can by going to youtube.com forward slash loreseekers and our official website at loreseekerspodcast.com. And uh, on top of that, you can follow us on Twitter at loreseekerscast. And uh, let's, nope, hang on. I got to get Cash in here. I got to make sure Cash's Twitter's appropriately mentioned. Cash is at Laura Seeker Cash with a K, myself at Jibs IRL, and loreseekers at loreseekerscast. You can also find us on Instagram at loreseekers, and on Twitch at Laura Se- or slash Laura Seekers Podcast. You all stay safe. Have a great week. We love you. Dilly, freaking dilly.